practice owners, are you truly leveraging the online space with intentional quality content to reel in potential patients? Videos can be one of the greatest tools to reach and teach a wide audience. Today, I speak with David Liu, a pharmacist turned marketing professional who helps healthcare professionals with their own marketing. He has learned the in and outs of this specific type of videos that generate money and patience, and shares his secrets with us today. Private practice owners, are you ready to rewrite the rules for your practice so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income while delivering better patient care? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Providers Edge podcast. I'm your host Sabrina Romback. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. My guests. And I help providers like you control your practice, control your life, control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. Now today we're talking about videos because if a picture is worth a thousand words, then how do you place value on video? As healthcare practice owners, you probably are not only serving your community, your team, and really optimizing both how you function and how you connect with the patients, but we never really were taught on marketing or branding. And how can you consistently bring on new patients to your practice so you can expand your community, serving more patients, and then make sure they are all well taken care of? Now, as clinicians. We can learn these ways and really show our authenticity with videos. And I would love to introduce you to David. And I invited him here today because he used to be a pharmacist and turned into someone with amazing video strategies, different methods to help you. The providers to increase your booking of patients without being held hostage by insurance company. And David originally started out filming documentaries of folks struggling with homelessness and addictions, living on methadone, and has a heart to help doctors reach more patients using videos to automate marketing, sales, and operation. Now you know this show is all about personal efficiency and practice efficiency. So how do you really do it on automation? That's amazing. Welcome, welcome, David. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit more about you. How do you get into medicine, and then having that switch to really believe in helping practitioners using videos? It's the key way to help them to leverage and attract more patients to them. Yeah, so I'll, I'll first talk a little bit about myself.、Um, like you can see on the screen and in my title, I do have a PharmD, and、um, I'm actually testing to get my pharmacist license in September of this year, just to finish out my credentials and show people that I really did understand what was going on in school, but it just wasn't for me. I think in pharmacy school, looking back, if you ask somebody who knew who I was, they describe me as. Somebody who was really gung ho about the profession. I was president of of a club. 
promoting clinical pharmacy. I was working four part-time jobs. I was doing internships throughout the summer. I was doing research. I published a pharmacy practice article. I mean, I was doing a lot. And I remember I was working in a local hospital um, in the Boston area uh, where I went to pharmacy school. And I was working on Saturday and Sunday evenings um, as a way to get more experience, as a way to get more income. So I was working in the hospital pharmacy of a major hospital in Boston. And I guess the turning point for me was when there was a schedule conflict with having to work every other weekend and going to church. And as an avid Christian, going to church is super important to me. So I communicated this to my employer, to my boss, to the scheduler. I was like, hey, you know, Saturday mornings, like I mentioned, I I go out on the streets, help volunteer to feed the homeless and making those documentaries, like you said. But on Sunday, I go to church. So I communicated this to my employer. I thought we were all good. But long story short, um, I was actually scheduled Saturday and Sunday morning one weekend. And I kind of had to pick uh, between essentially my personal life and having a life outside of school and doing being passionate about what I love or going to work. Uh, so I actually didn't show up for a shift because I had no idea that Saturday morning that I was scheduled. Uh, long story short, I didn't go in. I had to call out sick both days. Monday rolled around. Um, I was Obviously, I had to kind of make amends. So I went into to work that day and I sat down. I talked with the scheduler. We were talking. I was kind of explaining myself. I was like, hey, I thought we had an understanding. And I think the key statement from that conversation was the needs of the department come first, which essentially mm. told me you signed up to work here like you. this comes first. Work comes first before your personal life. And that's a, such a prevalent story that you're talking about. And it seems to be the norm across all medicine is that your work comes first. And it seems like we have no personal life. Whatever your mission is, who you are as an individual doesn't matter. Uh, You have to just show up for work. I think you probably heard me talking even from uh, many of my clients, the same thing. We need to have our personal mission and career mission to be intermingled, to be aligned with each other, to make sense. Otherwise, how would anything be sustainable? Exactly. And after talking with the, the scheduler, I actually talked to my direct supervisor afterwards. I was like, hey, I've never had any issues showing up. You know, I've worked here for three years. I did a full internship here. I've been working per diem. Am I okay? Am I going to get fired? And he essentially told me, he's like, David, you know, I've known you for so long. You've a super hard worker. We've never had any issues. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to work here as a pharmacist, you're going to need to find a different church that doesn't meet on Sunday mornings. And essentially, it was the same thing, like you said, Sabrina. It's you prioritize us your work and you put your personal life, everything behind that. And if you don't, well, we'll find somebody who can. And so I I think that was kind of a defining experience for me where I was like, you know, I think this is kind of the, the culture of these big hospitals in Boston. And I, I did a lot of rotations. So I got to experience different cultures. I was like, I think this is the culture of, of the workplace. Unfortunately, either I conform to, basically being uh, at work whenever they want me to, 
or I could build a lifestyle, a career where I could control when I worked and I could control be in control of the output as well. So that that's kind of the start of my entrepreneurship journey. And succinctly, uh, kind of fast forward to today, I similarly try and uh, empower those medical professionals, specifically doctors. I'm also working with some pharmacists that have kind of broken out of that mold of working, you know, 60, 80 hours a week, uh, holidays, weekends, and have started their own business, started their own practice. Um, but like you said, uh, we're not taught in pharmacy school. I wasn't taught how to start my own business, how to do marketing, how to use uh, softwares like Asana, like Zapier, um, Calendly, like none of this stuff I was ever taught. And I kind of had to learn it the hard way myself. Um, so everything I've learned is is self-taught in terms of videos, in terms of marketing. I did grow up working under my sister as an assistant in her film production company in LA, but everything else completely self-taught. And I'm trying to empower other people breaking out of that mold to uh, do it for them and, and empower them so that they can not go back to working 60, 80 hours a week at their job so that they can have a life again, so that they can see their kids, so that they can pay off their loans and yeah, have a life outside of their career, basically. So sorry to ramble a little bit. Hope I hope that made some sense. No, it's great to give that background story because if all of us are technically in that round of what's happening for us, we know every year the percentage of people who own private practices and just in general has been decreasing. And if we cannot control how we wanted to practice who we are as a person, then we really feel lonely and it's isolated and not really appreciated. However, the issue with larger organization they're not seeing is turnover has a such high cost. So if we wanted to still run a practice, for those of you who are so brave and stepped out, has been running for years where you're just new in the game, you can still continue to grow. And most even my clients have noticed when there's not just clinicians, they start having these other area that they can think about how to connect with the patients better, right? Like different ways to just like David will show us soon um, to use videos or different tools to teach, to, to grow your practice, actually make you feel more excited, right? That excitement is connected with the behavior and the emotional part of joy because joy is internal, it's brief versus when we seek happiness, that's the long-term maintenance. So when we are in this place of finding out who we are, creating something that's connected to you, we want to make sure that you continue to grow in a way that it doesn't burden you. It's not like when you were working with the larger hospitals where they see you and see all of us just like a number. So I want you to go into a deeper, David, and thank you so much for sharing that story. I think it's so pertinent to say, hey, all of us in medicine, we don't have to just be a clinician. We can think different ways to optimize healthcare or help each other out. And it can still represent who we are. And you, because you have the background working with your sister in her uh, film company, you learned it, right? You self-taught and you really learned from other people who has experience and understand 
with the medical side, what is truly gonna connect and highlight the specialty, right? Our true brand of who we are for these patients. We all probably have the similar experience where you are counseling a patient, let's say on a medication, and perhaps that person has no idea what you're trying to tell them. So what we typically do is get a very long explanation, trying to be last wordy, trying to pull up images to show them, and perhaps even use tools. And then our natural tendency is give them a deck, a printout, go home, read it more, and ask me questions later. However, most people, when they leave, how many of them do you believe that they're actually reading your instructions? Or how many patients that you have discharged from the hospital and when they come back to see you for follow-up, they actually never read that stack of paper that you give to them. Here are the issues. We are telling them to go home to figure out themselves with the support that we already give them and thinking that those are enough. Even though health literacy is very low in the US, eventually we're saying to go and figure out now, I think that's a bit how many physicians are treating their marketing strategy, giving them patients papers that have a long paragraph or texts of some people can't even understand. Even they might be having a ability to write and read English really well, but every single field has its own terminology and languages. Here we go, just read it or go watch this video. I don't know how you guys are communicating with your patients. We know that the more words that got printed, the more things that you're blurbing out at a short period of time, people are gonna forget what you're trying to tell them. And video is the media that's best way to talk to your patients and present information to your patient because the average attention span is only seven seconds. So if you give your patient a giant stack of paper about their disease, their disease state, potential treatment options, they are going to roll back in their head and those papers that you give to them are going to the trash can. Videos are the most effective way and highly profitable way to capture someone's attention. Using online digital marketing tools, transferring them over to your website and building an engaged online experience can bring in many interest patients. If you like today's episode, please share with your friends and colleagues who are also healthcare leaders. They will appreciate you for thinking of their growth. Now let's get back to the rest of our show. So I know you have four strategies to have the four different type of video that we have to make. So what's number one? Yeah, so I, I just want to, uh, before I say anything about the videos, I just kind of want to paint a scenario. I think a big thing that I didn't understand was the patient perspective until I, I had to counsel a patient on medications and they had no idea what I was talking about. So imagine, you know, you're a patient, you, you know, just got a new diagnosis of a disease and you're tasked with explaining to them, you know, what the disease is, what it's about, how it works, how their life's going to change. And you give them the equivalent 
or at least our system has built the equivalent of here's all these pieces of paper, which I've seen patients holding at the pharmacy. Here's all these pieces of paper. Go home and read it, even though health literacy is very, very low in the United States. Um, essentially, go and figure it out. And I think that's kind of how, um, in my experience, we've been treating, I think many physicians treat their marketing is here's this this long this long list of texts, this long paragraph of text. Here you go, go read it. Um, and I think that's kind of the the backstory and the of the frustration I have is um, at the pharmacy, we didn't know how to communicate information in patient friendly terms. All we did was communicate in medical jargon. So I think the the video medium is the best way to talk to patients because, some just some statistics. And I'll talk about the four times real soon. Um, the average attention span seven seconds. So I just want that to sink in seven seconds. So if you give a patient a giant stack of papers about their disease, their disease state, or their treatment, I mean their eyes are going to roll back into their head, or it's going to go in the trash can. Videos are the most effective way and are the most highly profitable way to capture someone's attention using online digital marketing methods, transferring them over to your website and building an engaging uh, online experience and also uh, teaching them about what you do before they even come to your office so that they're warmed up and ready to go and they just are begging to see you. Um, So the four types of videos. Yeah, give us the number one. So I would, I would, I'm going to kind of lay this out in, in a workflow sense. So let's say I'm a patient, right? And I'm scrolling online, I'm scrolling Facebook. The first type of video that they might see if a doctor was working with me would be a, a very simple promotional video. Um, it would be talking about their pain points. It would be highlighting very specific diseases or frustrations with the healthcare system and how this doctor or this new practice can solve that problem. So using like digital marketing, using ads, um, you can even use organic tactics. This would be the first kind of video. Very easy. All the patient needs to do is click on it and they'll be redirected to your website. And that's kind of where the magic happens. So on the website, you can use a number of different videos. But another one, number two, would be called the brand message video. And brand message, in short, is who you are, what's your background, what you do, what's your service, and why should the patient care, essentially. And looping in, of course, all those years of medical school, uh, patient care experiences, and succinctly telling them basically in a 90-second pitch in a video form why they should care. About yeah, your I think that that point where you even brought up is short, right? It's 90 seconds. And I believe even for Facebook algorithm, it's six seconds. Uh, if people watch more than six seconds, they move forward. So you want your video to be 60 seconds or less so they can hit that 1% view time and then they can actually get pushed out to more people. There are four main videos I found in my experience to be the most advantageous and lucrative per David. Just a really quick recap. The first two, number one is a quick overview of you, your practice, and what you do. Short and sweet. Enough to grab your patient's attention. 
People just want their eyes on the video because we have such connection to videos that are sound, that has moving parts. And then once they land on your website, you have a second video that's more authentic, something that makes you special. Not just another provider next door, not just another specialist, but something that you uniquely do that other people don't. How you do that and show how you do it differently and better than others. The third type of video would be a testimonial video. I like to call them success stories instead of testimonials. So this would be, of course, HIPAA compliant, no name, no details, but a patient testimonial that's showing their experience was it like before they seen you for your specific care where you practice and what their experience were like afterwards and how they have been able to live differently perhaps what aspect of their life has been improved the last video i would say is most important is an explainer video everybody knows the healthcare system in the u.s is very complicated especially if you're talking to elderly patients they might be super overwhelmed about technology, about signing up for insurance, about billing, about who's the right person to see. And even perhaps they contact their doctor's office. They don't have a call center. They don't have a good way to get information back to them. I see that a lot out there, right? And we can even get frustrated when we seeking health care, when we need a specific specialty to be seen but of course when those who have no idea about the healthcare system will get even more frustrated and confused so videos detailing clear steps to take for the more complicated parts of being a patient and you can really help your patient to move forward to go to the next step and when they think about the type of customer service and patient care you're providing, that also can make you so much more special and so much more approachable, amenable for patients who wanted to come to you instead of another provider. So uh, for so just really quick recap, number one is just that quick overview. People just get their eyes on the video because we have such <laughs> connected to video, connected to pictures, things are moving. So we're actually trying to pay attention. And then once they land on that page and then you have something that's more you, right? That authentic right. you, something that makes you special, not just another doctor, not just another specialist um, and not another provider for this problem, but how you do it, what your take, your team, right? Make that unique ability. Amazing. So what's uh, right. what's next? So number three would be a, a testimonial video. So this would be, of course, HIPAA compliant, <laughs> no names, no details, but a patient testimonial. You know, what their experience like was before um, they saw this, this doctor or your practice, what your, their experiences were like and how how or who they would recommend this to. So very, very simple type of video, but just gives you that instant credibility um, as if you're talking to someone face-to-face. -face. Hey, you need to go see this doctor right away. They're amazing. 
Right. And I think uh, someone else, one of my uh, business uh, strategists also uh, talked to me about, let's not use the word testimonial, use success stories, because that has a more of a different take when people register. Oh, testimonial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your marketing versus success stories. And then you can also potentially make it into the format of, yes, we don't have to talk to uh, about name if they don't want to share, but where your life were, right? And now how is that improved? It doesn't have to be that I can barely walk. And then now I can attend events on a moment's notice and not feeling like I have to really prepare myself, right? It could be exactly. just like that quality of a life of a description right. doesn't have to be, oh, I, I actually use this medication, da, da, da. And that right. into detailed. People want to see transformation. Patients want to see transformation. They come to the doctor with this health condition, with their this frustration. Maybe they've tried multiple doctors, multiple medications. All they really care about is, I'm in pain, quote unquote. Can you get me out of pain? And they, they want to see that you can get them that transformation. So great point, Sabrina. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate you yeah. validating. What's next? And then the last one I would say most important would be an explainer video. So patients, everybody knows healthcare system in the U.S. is very complicated. And especially if you're talking to an elderly patient, they might be super overwhelmed about technology, about signing up for insurance, about billing. How does billing work for your practice? Um, what website do they go on? How do they book appointments? So explaining to them in very simple terms, step one, step two, step three, step four, how things are going to work, how do they sign up? Those are be the four types of videos. And on the website, once the patient sees all those different types of videos and the content, uh, they'll be extremely compelled to sign up for your service. All you really need to do after that, consistently have a uh, book a consultation or book your first visit and boom. Your patient can sign up for their first visit. They can sign up for a consultation and see you right away. And I think um, a lot of doctors stop right there. Uh, a lot of people stop right there. Um, but the the mistake is not informing your patient all throughout that process. So there's actually this, this rule called the seven-hour rule. And it, the, essentially the thesis is that the average consumer nowadays needs to have a a total length period of seeing you or interacting with you, consuming your content for seven hours. So imagine um, meeting somebody for the first time and you'll have to engage with them, trust them, uh, learn about what they do before you'll give them your money or buy their product or their service. So in the same way, um, patients will want to vet you out. They'll want to know that they can trust you. They want to know your background. They want to know how things work. Um, so imagine having all that built out uh, on your website, you know, perhaps they'll put their email down um, and through between that time that they put a time down and that first visit, they're getting emails. They're getting emails. Uh, here's another case study of a patient, another patient we helped. Here's another success story. Um, here's again, the explainer video that we highlighted on our website about how things work. If you haven't seen it all throughout the process. The patient is educated about what's going on. So once they come see you, they're like, how much, like, where do I, where do I pay essentially? Here, take my money. So I find that right. this, this is the most effective way 
to use all these videos and the most effective result. Right, and because your fourth step really is a hook, uh, get people, just get their attention, get them into your door, which is your online landscape of a, a website, and then there. They learn about your unique ability, who you are as a provider, your whole team, who else are helping you in this practice, who, what benefit they can gain, and then into validating that you actually are able to do this for other people. You're and seeing not just as a newbie, you have experience, and you have publication, you've been trained into these unique places, and your own take. Right, from all this um, publication uh, and your own maybe researches as well. And then go into that health literacy part. Doesn't matter how long we've been in medicine. I was just talking about this with another healthcare executive. Uh, even for us, when we get sick, we still have to go through all the hoops of finding a provider that fixes that specific problem. And think about all that it take us to forever to get there. Of course, it will be the same for our patients, and even more difficult because some of them don't even remember to bring their insurance card, and maybe they show up to、uh, a visit they don't have images for you to review because they didn't even know to request that or how to request that, right? And then that delays the efficiency that you can have, the time you can have with them, and then push all your other patients back. And so, having additional informational material to help them, and potentially even other education material to help them not feel lonely, right? These success stories also for them to feel like, wow, if I have similar case, this is now the end of the world for me, right? Really supporting your patients, not only helping them to get access, get the help they need, but also help them to go a longer way. And I think those are amazing. And what once they really get on right, this four primary most attractive types of video they have. Would you say they're supposed to be on the homepage or build out separate tabs? Oh, you mean where do they go once they viewed these four videos? Yeah. Yeah. So usually, kind of the logic would be, you know, walking through the videos and then booking a consultation right there. Uh, so you will say these four. Link. Okay, so well, what I'm saying is, are all four videos on the same page where people just watch one after another? Versus you're placing these four key components throughout different pages on their website. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, great question. A lot of people, their homepage is what I call like infinity scroll. So I would recommend your homepage be. Different sections, including all these different types of videos. So all someone needs to do is keep scrolling, and they'll be they'll keep seeing all this new content. So kind of imagine, imagine if like you're on Facebook, right? Facebook back in the day, you scroll, 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 and it would stop. You wouldn't see any more content. But once Facebook,、uh, like they launched Infinite Scroll, they saw that users, and I I know everyone's experienced this before. I've experienced this before. We're just on Facebook for hours, so we can't stop scrolling. So similar kind of effect.、Um, have everything on one page, and obviously have tabs that people can skip to. But yeah, I would say have everything on one page, and the constant、uh, reminder is book a consultation on that one page along with the content. 
Right. Does that that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I think that clarifies more. And also for people who has traditional practices where people need to be in the office with you, then that consultation clearly can go directly to your booking link or directly to a phone call with your front-end staff for them to be able to do that. And then for those who has converted to virtual care teams, and then you can have that directly linking uh, into whichever scheduling system you have. Um, David mentioned Calendly. That's what I use as well. And, and of course, you don't have to get all the information, right? They can fill out the HIPAA compliant within your system. Um, and then the beginning part is however, whichever software that you desire to set that up, which is great. And I know now not everyone <laughs> know how to film or even what to film. And some people use their phone, right? Some people have a camera. And that's why people will hire a person like you to actually do all the uh, entire package for them. So you don't have to, um, you create the best material and chop all those uh, videos and put them together with the best sound quality. So that's another efficient way is we know what we need and then we don't have to just do it ourselves and worry about how to put everything together. You have someone who's professional like David um, to do it for you versus finding someone else uh, that's uh, closer. So uh, when we're thinking about all these materials, also just don't think so hard, right? Would you say, uh, David, just don't think too hard about making these videos and just bring their own side and their own authentic message into it? Yeah, I, I find that there's a lot of anxiety when it comes to branding, when it comes to messaging, when it comes to putting one's face out on the internet. And there, there can kind of be this like sense of like feeling overwhelmed or like like missing out or like, oh, you know, I see all these influencers, all these people on the Internet putting out all these videos like they're so funny. Um, I could never be like that. Like, I'm not funny. Like, I'm boring. Like, I have a monotone. And um, I, I think a lot of those doubts and those fears and anxieties stop a lot of people and myself included from getting out there uh, with their message, with what they do, which is absolutely critical for any business is awareness is for people to find you there's this common misconception i think in business that uh if i build it people will come and i don't think that's true there's so many different types of doctors there's so many medical practices if you build it not necessarily people will come people will come if they know about it if you add value if they know that you can help them but they're not going to know about who you are unless you put yourself out there. So that's kind of what I would say to that. And secondly, I do everything. We handle all the video stuff. So from the scripting, from what to say, from like vocal exercises, like I have, I partner with like a speaking coach. So literally the client can spend like a couple hours with the speaking coach kind of like talking about how nervous they are, like practicing talking in front of a camera. Um, so that's available as well. But yeah, I would say to people who are kind of on the fence or scared about putting themselves on the internet, there's no way around it. People have to know what you do for you to help them. And I think another good quote is, if I truly am passionate about what I do, then I need to do everything in my power to help the most amount of people possible. Like I have to be so convicted about my business or my service that it's a disservice 
to not help as many people as I can. And I think that includes putting yourself out there on video, being vulnerable. It's scary, but it has to be done in this day and age. So. Right. And I think you're hit on the key point is that doesn't matter is fear. The fear usually is not about other people. Really, the fear is, are they going to see me in a different light, right? Instead of trusting, if you don't say, show your true self, your message, how well you can serve your community, then you're doing them a disservice of not stepping up. And because if they can click on Google everywhere, right? Geographical ICO optimization too. They can click another practice relatively close as well, but maybe they have videos, they have a better website or they have something that just hook the patient to it and to connect more. Then you just lost someone, but you truly is the expert. You know, you do better than anybody else. So don't let who you are hide behind fear. And for those who like to speak up and David has a speaking coach, I have a friend who's used to be an MNBC anchor who can help you to be confident in front of camera, be okay to speak out your true nature and then express who you are. So those are not really a difficult thing that can totally be trained and relatively easily. And all of us have to go through those like icky moments to get to that area of being very fluent to be able just to speak. And so for everybody out there, we know it's hard to be experts in everything and that's okay. We want to be expert in that one thing, not someone who know everything, but not dive deep enough. And therefore we wanted to look in our life in all 10 components because life is interconnected. So I asked our speakers, when you reflect on your 10 component of life, your physical wellness, your mental fitness, your career advancement, financial intelligence, relationships, social support, lifestyle, spirituality, and personal character and personal mission. Of all those different components, what are the areas that you feel so proud in? And then what are, are the areas that you feel like, hmm, I can do better? You know, like I mentioned before, like Christianity is a big part of my life. So I'd say like spirituality and relationships in terms of having a church community are, are some of the pillars and foundations of my life. Some things I'd say uh, have some room for improvement. Definitely uh, mental, I think you said mental fitness. Yeah, yep. I think mental fitness is the toughest part um, because I think as a pharmacist or like as someone who studied to become a pharmacist, uh, the number one thing, and I, I think everyone can relate to this, is the Hippocratic Oath, and that's to do no harm. And I think in pharmacy school, what we learned instead of actively trying to win, to achieve something, it's not to mess up, not to screw up. Um, so I basically have a, I have a fear of failure. A lot of times fear of, you know, checking a prescription and then missing something and then like, you know, ends up in the patient's hands and it's the wrong pill and patient ends up in the hospital, like fear of doing harm, essentially, instead of fear of curing the disease or, or excuse me. Uh, wanting to cure the disease, wanting to treat the patient, I'm scared of loss. Um, mm. So I, I think that's a big one. Um, second one would be just a lot of uncertainty. 
like pharmacists or people with a pharmacy background, are, they love certainty. They love security. They love like, you know, uh, zero risk. Like, because it's pharmacy, like uh, the whole field is basically like risk management. Like, how can we make sure every prescription is 100% right and 100% correct? Because if not, we could, we could really screw somebody's life up. And for good reason, right? You don't want your pharmacist to be like, not detail oriented and just like, oh, you know, I, I kind of looked at this prescription, you know, you, you can have it. I'll, I didn't really look at it. No, you want you want your pharmacist to be super detail oriented. But I think in the process, I become risk averse. Like I'm scared of taking risks. I'm scared of putting myself out there. Kind of like we we're talking about. I'm scared of messing up. And uh, I think with every type of business, with any type of venture or anything worth pursuing in life, there's always going to be a risk. There's nothing zero risk. In life, like even in pharmacy, there's no really job security is kind of a myth. I don't know if you guys follow the news or not, people watching this, but there's been like a lot of layoffs in the pharmacy world um, with some of the giants like Walgreens with CVS. There's been like hours cut back. There's been like the pay decreased. There's been like obviously like like companies shutting down during COVID or companies reducing their staff. So there's really no such thing really, if you really think about it as like job security, like 100% job security, there's always a risk out there. So it's a matter of, is this risk, for me at least, is this risk worth taking given the the benefit, the passion that produces, is this kind of life I wanna live? And I think that's a big part of why I stepped out of the traditional career mold and. I start my own business. Like I'm, I'm helping empower other physicians and clinicians that are entrepreneurial in nature, starting their own ventures, because I want to see more people like that. But I guess, ironically, in that sense, I'm. That's something that I struggle with too. It's just that like uncertainty and and fear of messing up. So yeah, you're not alone. I think many people in healthcare are that way. That's why the really the system made us document extra checking multiple, multiple time. And then you worry about, did I put in that order? Did I forget to check this, right? And then it's all the fear-based conscious instead of uh, profit conscious mindset. And you're not alone. And there are ways that we can really shut those uh, chiming right in the back of our head so that we can actually move forward to be the person we needed to be and then serve others that we want we wanted to serve and i appreciate you for being so authentic and sharing your story of coming into medicine and really figuring out that true nature of your own talent be able to create this business and helping practice owners to grow and then also seeing what's the level of need that you continue to train yourself and discover to get to the next level. So I appreciate you. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to speak to you about video messaging and additional ways that they can grow their patients' email and serve them better. So how can people connect with you? Yeah, perfect. So I'd say the easiest way to connect with me would be my email address. It's David, my name, David at davidlufilms.com. Nothing too fancy there. I offer like free like free consultation. Like if you just want to talk and chat, get to know one another at no cost. We can just talk and chat, get to learn about uh, your practice, what you do, and kind of learn about what I do and kind of like what the heck is a video strategy and, and just touch base really. Uh, another thing that people can do 
Um, I'm actually offering a a free online course um, to the first 100 participants. Uh, all they need to do is tell me their number one question or like obstacle when it comes to scaling your practice, scaling your patient care practice, and like what do you want to know essentially um, in regards to videos, uh, marketing strategies. What's your number one question? And once you answer that question, um, you get full access to the course. Once it comes out, I just need to collect a bunch of questions. I'm I'm almost there at a hundred participants, but once I collect enough questions, I'm like I'll take those questions. Be like, all right, this is this module answering this question, this question, this question. So that one will be on. Uh, so that one go on clinicxc.com, I believe. So it's C L I N I C X, like the letter X C dot com. Super easy, super simple. So. Those would be some resources. And lastly, take a risk. Put yourself out there. You know, a lot of people are putting out content out there these days. They're putting out uh, marketing materials, videos. It can be easy to get overwhelmed. But I would say to anyone kind of on the fence or like scared or apprehensive about their public image, just put yourself out there. And there's no one out there except you. You're the only you that there is. So no one else can be you but you. So I think when people realize that patients want to know their provider in that kind of personal way before they see them, before they sign up with them, even while after they sign up with them, I think providers will start to realize the value in video and putting themselves out there. So yeah, a lot of things are going to be, you have to test it out. And then this is the one way that you can do it with less hassle. Thank you so much for joining us today and until next time. Bye-bye guys. In today's episode, we discussed the importance of creating videos to build your practice's brand and the four main types of videos you need to boost audience engagement and reel in new potential patients. To recap, number one, concentrate on your brand image. One of the most important things that make videos do really well is to build trust between you and your potential patients. Everyone watches videos online. As a practice owner, you get a chance to truly educate people and build their brand at the same time. You can use this opportunity to talk about how different you are from other practices and what patients can expect from you. Number two, working at a practice, you deal with all kinds of unexpected situations. You can use these time to document and educate patients who might need your care. The key is to make different types of videos such as seven second videos, longer documentary type, keeping all the patient detail confidential, of course, educational contents, and much more. Number three, the best way to reach people is through short yet informative videos. People are usually on the go and might not always get the time to watch a full-length video. So work on making short-form informational content such as facts you didn't know about healthcare or your daily schedule as a practitioner, or this is the thing you have to do for XYZ disease. Number four, make sure to have original videos from your practice on your website. This will give potential patients an insight into how your practice works, who the workers are, 
and the real blood, sweat, and tear that goes into a job like yours. It also makes the patient more comfortable visiting you when they know what to expect. Number five, this is probably the best type of content you can make as a practitioner. You have more knowledge about healthcare than the average people, and you can use it to truly educate and inform people. This type of content not only drives more traffic, but also helps people to be more informed and look out for early signs if they have a dangerous or life-threatening disease. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You're listening to me right now, Asar. You're frustrated by how healthcare practices are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we're having in this field. It starts with me, and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your own struggle or challenges within the healthcare industry. Visit sabrinarombach.com/connect, where you are going to find all of my social media platforms. Feel free to send me a direct message. If you like me, prefer speaking, then you can record a voice message on the page. So come to sabrinarombach.com/connect and let's continue the conversation. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness and. She really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to one listen to our show, but to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. So come to sabrinarunback.com/connect and let's continue the conversation.